There she blows! It's another episode of the Finicast. I am your Captain Sketch, and aboard the ship today we have... Uh, here be an intruding pirate, Efren, formerly known as Alien Renegade. An intruding pirate? How appropriate. So, Ren, how you been? I've been good, Captain Sketch. Good, good. And since this is your first time on the Finnacast, uh, what, what are your general thoughts on Finna so far? I have been absolutely loving it. Mm -hmm. Like It's been a long time since I've been engrossed in an adventure-type anime like this one, and it's just been pretty much the thing I've been looking forward to the most every week other than my days off from work. <laughs> same. Definitely the same. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it's a beautiful show. The characters are enjoyable. The story is interesting. It's not the most original ideas, to be sure. It's compiling a lot of uh, lore from various things, but it's doing so in a creative enough way. So it's just the two of us this time. Uh, I tried to get at least one th other person, but unfortunately, schedules be as they are, and uh, we got to put out a podcast, so... Thank yeah. you, thank you so much for joining me, because nobody <laughs> wants to hear me just talk about this show all by myself. <laughs> oh, Thanks for asking man. me to come on on one of my days off. Absolutely. So we are at the uh, end of these two episodes at the halfway point, but these were some pretty big episodes as far as major reveals go. And those uh, being episodes 5 and 6, Coordinates, and Mutiny on the Blue Giant. So, uh, Yugihisa Sonata speaks to uh, Shitan's brother, Kei, about Fena and about Yukimaru and whether or not he could possibly be entranced by her already. And we get the idea that uh, Yukihisa's maybe not so concerned with Fena's well-being so much as other things, which I, I, I hate to say that this seemed pretty obvious early on, but it kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did. It, yeah, it kind of did. Uh, so... The crew of the Bonito 2 sail to Orleans, like like New Orleans, but the original, right? <laughs> and Fen and Old the crew, uh, they reach out, they reach a, a hollowed out dig site and a abandoned temple. And they don't really know where to go, so they just kind of start asking Fena which way to go. And initially, she doesn't seem to have any idea what she's doing, and she's just kind of going for it but she's not appreciating the pressure that they're putting on her but eventually it's like she becomes possessed and suddenly she's confident in where she's going how to uh, open up various doors and contraptions and of course some of them notice that this is kind of weird that she's acting this way and others kind of brush it off but they end up in a room 
where they can use the stone that Finna was left and stick it in between two other stones. And at first, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. But Makaba walks over and looks in this hole in this contraption and sees that there are markings that can be seen when you have all three of the stones lined up. And those turn out to be coordinates in Roman numerals. And as they are pondering this, Fena wanders off on her own and finds uh, what looks to be the gravesite of Joan of Arc. But unfortunately for her, she's not alone. <laughs> and the Rumble Rose Pirates, that female pirate crew led by O'Malley, has captured her. And they start uh, demanding the coordinates, which they assume take them to El Dorado. Uh, the samurais reluctantly give them the information. Well, right after that, Karin gets attacked by them, which is not good. But then they decide to blow up the chamber so that the samurai cannot escape. Real nice. Real nice. And they, of course, take Fena because their job is also to bring her to Abel. And that's how that episode wraps up. And moving on to the next one, they bring Fena to Abel, and he's immediately perturbed that they let any harm come to her. It is when they were negotiating terms before they cut her throat a little bit, and then afterwards they tied up her wrists. So he's very mad about that, and he sends them away without reward because he doesn't want to deal with them, and he cuts uh, Fena's hands loose and then apologizes to her and kisses her hand and does all the gentlemanly things. Yes, this is the episode where... The uh, quote-unquote good guy is explaining how the previous good guys are actually the bad guys. And he's not entirely wrong because we find out that the Goblin Knight's mission pertain more so to getting the coordinates or a map to Eden so that they can get the legendary sword Kusanagi. <laughs> Gee, I wonder where they got that name. <laughs> which is one of the three legendary sacred treasures of Japan. And that is supposedly where it is kept, somewhere in Eden. And Shitan tells the crew that that is what their mission actually is. And the service that they were doing to the Houtmans was kind of just to try and get closer to that. And now they have to return to the island, and if they don't his big brother K will probably kill them because they would be considered traitors. But Yukimaru doesn't want to leave Fena hanging, so he decides to go off on his own in a little boat. Though everybody tries to stop him and say, hey, we should just go back to the island and try to get Yukihisa's blessing, but he wasn't going to have any of that. And <laughs> frankly, they're maybe a little too optimistic in thinking that that's even a possibility. 
So I, I think Yukimaru's making the right choice here. <laughs> Though it will be. <laughs> you can't have blue water and storm clouds, and he's picking storm clouds from the look of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, O'Malley's not content with the situation and is even further angered when one of her crew come by with uh, the necklace that Fena had, which is apparently the same looking necklace that she gave to Abel at some point. And she thinks that Fena took her necklace, but we, we know that they both have that kind of necklace. <laughs> and she storms in and starts attacking Fena again, tries to get off the ship, but Abel stops her. And she asks after finally giving up Fena on the count of three, uh, wh whether or not the coordinates did lead to El Dorado, and he said, I'm going to tell you nothing. I owe you nothing. And then Abel reveals the portrait of Fena's mother, whose name is Helena. Lots of interesting developments here. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm still mad that they just ended it right there, though. I'm just because I was just getting engrossed in the whole thing, and then it just end credits, and I'm just like, "Wait, excuse me, what? What? Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty pretty lousy. At least it wasn't like a straight up cliffhanger like the previous episode, where I'm like, oh, they're trapped. Which, by the way, <laughs> they didn't even need Subaki to come help them because he was the one who was outside on the boat with Brule. He he like he didn't do anything. They actually figured out a way to get out of the cavern themselves. Yukimaru, thinking very smartly, one of the detonators might not have gone off. And they used that to blow a hole in the ceiling and let the water come in so they could swim out. Good plan, although very dangerous. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. Karin, Karin got a little banged up and uh, she got some bandages on her face. And she's all like, how does it look? Do I look okay? Am I still cute? <laughs> yes. Yes, Karen. You're adorable. <laughs> but she does like, you look as weird as usual. Do you want, you want to rephrase that? That's one of the things I always I noted in my like weekly Twitter thoughts is just how funny this show is. And like, like I actually wasn't expecting there to be so much comedy in it, but a lot of it is really well done. And it's like, the character interactions are so on point, and I live for that kind of stuff. <laughs> what? I don't like Fena. Spoken like a true virgin. <laughs> also in... um, it's red ears. Also in episode five, I think one of my favorite moments. Um, like, like, Mary, which way did they go? They went to the left. Okay, great. Thank you. Everyone, we're going right. <laughs> I actually have to Just Mary pause. to always be wrong. <laughs> I had to pause because I just started dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, uh... That, the Rumble Rose crew is pretty entertaining. They, mm -hmm. they've, got, they've got some personalities over there. It's, that's nice. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, they are capable of because it looks like in the next episode they are potentially going to attack the Navy ships like a full-on assault because even though they have the coordinates they probably need finna to get to wherever they're going 
And it looks like Yukimaru manages to get over to there, at least. Which is pretty impressive since he's on, like, a basic boat. <laughs> Though they're probably not too far away. Because this show kind of plays with your expectations of distance. Because they're, like, going from Germany to France. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's going to take a while. <laughs> Which should explain why Fina's hair has already grown back. But yep. I I appreciate that they're not dawdling, you know, they're moving things along. Also, Fina's hair looks better now. Yes. <laughs> like like it was cute before, but I, I, I definitely like it better now. A little bit of length. Something to blow in the air. <laughs> not enough brool in these two episodes. Not enough brool. Need more, yeah. do- need more doggo. Need more doggo. Uh, Abel's such a Gundam villain. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's that's pretty accurate. I can't I can't I can't disagree there. <laughs> he really is. The only thing he's missing is a mask. Uh well, you know, maybe at like the end of this season he'll scar his face and then start wearing a mask or he'll have to hide his identity at some point and start wearing a mask yeah you never know uh of course fena can't stand not having anybody to talk to so she grabs the first person who comes her way is like let's talk i need to talk whoa Uh, such a good old cody yes cody cody's really intriguing to me like, yes. It seems like he puts on, like, a little bit, like, like, he puts on that he knows, like, more than most people in this show. And I'm interested in seeing what, how much they use him. Yeah, I think, I think so, because he's, he's basically Abel's right-hand man, and Abel saved him from a life of slavery. So, he's fiercely loyal, no doubt. And <laughs> it was pretty uh, something for Cody to be like mouthing off to O'Malley. It's like, how well do you think this is going to go, kid? <laughs> Not surprisingly, she curb stomped you afterward. <laughs> just yeeted him across, yeeted him through the door and across the entire room. I'm just like, God. Yeah, that uh, going to need some bandages gonna need some bandages ouch but Abel's apparently a very good shot he could shoot the wings off a fly or so he says I'm not terribly surprised that we're going in this direction because Fena's very impressionable so basically anybody could tell her anything and she might believe it and they're playing up to that. But even though he's not entirely wrong about what the Goblin Knights are after, those particular members of the Goblin Knights do care about Fena and want to keep her safe. Particularly Yuki Maru. And that's why he went off on his own. But, yeah. It's kind of no real good guys here except for maybe the 
other members of Fenna's crew who might defect from their uh, Goblin Knights Association at some point. Who, who, I, I could say go that direction. Kind of, mm, kind of no yeah. good guys. But I mean, it's a pirate show, so that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Everybody's out for that booty. <laughs> One way or another. Yep. And I mean, that's kind of fine because it's like, like you said, it's a pirate show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a lot of this is just operating off of kind of personal gain. Mm-hmm. But what, what a lot of those gains are, some, some would have yet to be seen for everybody, which yeah. is probably what's going to make these next episodes all the more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, it looks like that next episode's gonna involve the Rumble Rose Pirates probably taking Fena and then Yukimaru going after them. But they said K is on his way. When's he gonna show up? And <laughs> apparently he's quite dangerous. And the guy who trained Yukimaru. Though he's not entirely sure whether or not Yukimaru is better at the sword than him at this point. He's he, he says they'd have to cross blades again. And isn't it great to have Keith Silverstein in this show? <laughs> Gotta yes. love him. This is great to have him in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see him live tweeting. He seems to be enjoying the show. Like One of his tweets was like, oh, I gotta watch the other episodes of this. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Keith. Appreciate you. So we didn't get a lot of talkbacks, but here are some from Island Girls comic. Still trying to ascertain who Abel is in relation. At first, we were convinced that he was her father, but now Eden reveal has us doubting if he's really the good guy here does he want fena because he truly cares this is a big deal hmm. i would not have guessed father i would have thought brother i was pretty sure brother i was so, thinking some kind of relative like I was, I was thinking like maybe not as immediate like my first thought was like cousin or something like that along the lines yeah yeah maybe all we know is that he knew her mother, and I'm guessing her mother actually wasn't Joan of Arc, but maybe maybe she maybe Joan of Arc was her grandmother, maybe probably someone important that's all we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Journeyman15 writes in, It's such a spellbinding experience with the heavy dialogue, but like a Quentin Tarantino film, the payoff and the journey to the impact in the action was thrilling. Even if it was plainly obvious, the revelations were stupendous. Reach for the female demo. I think that's exactly what they're doing here. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Good. Good. You know, he's been a boys club for an awful long time. 
time to time to spice it up expand those uh demographics mm -hmm. and at tsunami live writes in from abel kissing fena's hand to yukimaru disobeying orders by taking off on a boat to save her all that was missing was the music and they'd have recreated the traitor's requiem jojo opening good episode with a much needed world building that's that's true that is that is true they they did they did those things they did those things in golden wind yeah not a lot of talkbacks it makes sense because like a lot a lot of this was kind of you know self-explanatory true like there's a lot but I think the show did a really good job of those moments where Fena's kind of possessed by something. You get in the music and the sound effects and some visual cues. It's all all really well done. And the the music when they got into the chamber where they used the stone. I was like, oh, this is giving me those dot hack sign vibes. Which, of course, same composer. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Still, love to hear it. You love to hear it. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing I really, really like about the show in general is um, like the character acting is like very, very good. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's like stupendously good. Like it, they just feel so alive in this show, and I love it. And you don't really get that a lot nowadays. Like especially yeah. with like the amount of effort that they put into it in Fena. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. watch, watching Fena, it just really, really makes me wish that like anime wasn't always on such a tight ass schedule when it comes to like airing stuff. Because like when they get the time to put in the work. And you just get all of these things in, like in Fena. Like how beautiful it looks, the inter the character interactions. Like er like everything just kind of feels so refined, and it's, it's just it's just make it just makes it a delight to watch every week. You could clearly see that this had a healthy production, which is all too rare, <laughs> all too rare these days. Mm-hmm. Sadly. It's, uh, there's there's too many anime being made. <laughs> Absolutely. Really stretching things thin. And like Celia pointed out, and I, I didn't realize this before, that apparently there's like no three D animation in this show. It's it's all two D. Which is really hard to come by at this point because it, it just takes so much more time to do some of these things in two dimensions as opposed to modeling them in 3D even as um, mm -hmm. as a stepping stone. So that's dang impressive, especially with some of those moving shots. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the ship designs too. Yes, absolutely. The ship design. It's kind of weird that they got a submarine. 
<laughs> it's submersible. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's definitely cool. They're, the pirate sub. You, you don't see that often. No. No, you don't. It's uh, it's an interesting level of technology that they have going on in this show. Which definitely leads into the fantasy. So far, other than Fena seeming fairly possessed at points, it's not so much magic going on yet, but I wouldn't doubt that it would do that at some point. Would not doubt, especially with the way Yuki Hisa is talking about how she's a witch who enchants people. I wouldn't get that impression of Fena. <laughs> I mean, the poor I mean... girl grew up in a brothel. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I can I can understand it though because, like I said this on Twitter, but it's like it didn't take me five minutes until the first episode until I was just like I would literally die for Finna. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. So I, I may not absolutely agree, but I understand. <laughs> but I feel like he's probably talking about her mother, and is just assuming things about her. But so far, there's at least the inkling that there could be a connection there. Are those her own memories? Are they somebody else's memories? Who knows? Who knows? I like those little visions she gets where she's just like leaning sideways and her hair is just flying in the, like, yeah. in the breeze. I like those inner voices and stuff. I really want to learn more about that. They keep saying blue water or storm clouds because you can't have both you can't have both <laughs> every time I read rumble rose or think about rumble rose I think of rumble roses the fighting game <laughs> oh god yeah same I didn't want to say it but same <laughs> I'm gonna scratch on my head with a goblin knights thing really goblin knights why would they go by that? But apparently, uh, the lore in here is that there there's uh, goblin knights that steal away children. And there's a little song that goes along with it. Spooky. But I, I, I've always felt like when they're talking about goblin knights, they're talking about like Tengu, as as mm. opposed to m more of a, a Western goblin but eh, who knows <laughs> i was kind of thinking the latter too especially since there was you know framed to be some people who just go and burn and pillage everything i was just like oh okay yeah that that sounds like tengu i think if i'm if i'm remembering correctly but hmm many mysteries yet to be revealed Many mysteries. But again, All we know is that next week, shit's about to pop off. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we, we're at the halfway point, so you, you'd have yep, to figure. It's about that time. Yeah. About that time for things to get going. But I, I think they've been going at a, a good click. Like, they honestly figured out the stone far sooner than I expected them to. I, I, yeah, I was thinking that the stone was going to be like like yeah. an end game kind of thing. Like, we don't find out until 
almost the end of the season. Yeah. But no. No, the stone was just to get some coordinates, I guess. Kind of a neat little red herring. Because you yeah. think it's going to be like, oh, this is probably going to be the most important thing in the show. And then it's just like, oh, nope, it just goes in this little slot. And now there's more important things you got to figure out. Uh, that reminds me, uh, Maki uh, tweeted out, in case you were wondering if the, the locket was going to have any significance, she tweeted out that they had considered using the locket for an opening mechanism, but ultimately scrapped that. So there may be no significance to the locket. Oh. It it might still have some kind of purpose. It there it is interesting that both Fena and Abel have it, but since O'Malley said that she gave it to Abel, there may be less significance to the fact that he has that. We'll see. Many many things yet to be revealed. How many times am I gonna say it? <laughs> Well, there's yeah, that's kind of kind of the way the show is. You know, they go from island to island, piece together parts of the puzzle, and do parody things. And I guess we could say for sure that they consider uh, the Goblin Knights to be samurai. They quote unquote refer to that crew as the Seven Samurai. <laughs> Ah, uh, Akira Kurosawa. I see, I see how it is. There are indeed seven of them. There are indeed seven of them. But they still act a lot like ninja. I feel like the most ninja-like out of all of them are probably uh, the twins. Hmm, possibly. But in that first episode, they were... Yeah, they were schmoovin'. They were they were definitely trying to stay out of sight, but I suppose since then they haven't really been sneaking around too much. Hmm. And you could also argue that the reason that they were sneaking around the first time is because they didn't want anybody to know that they were there. Yep, pretty much. Mm. Especially since, you know, Fenna already had a whole bunch of attention called to her for just being her. Yeah. <laughs> Fenna kind of stands out. <laughs> Especially when she's walking around in that white dress. It's a good thing they got her a different outfit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Definitely stands out. Been an enjoyable ride so far, so uh, we can only hope that it keeps it up. Yep, and like anytime I watch an original anime, though, there I'm always just like one fear because the the worst part about them is that you don't know whether they'll be bad until it actually happens. Yeah, because they ain't because they ain't nothing to base it off of, and a lot of people learned that the hardware earlier this year with One Direct Priority, and that's Ooh. what's got me extra weary right now. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm still remaining cautiously optimistic though, because they've handled everything else pretty damn well, I'd say. So you just hope it takes it on home on this bottom half. Yeah, 
Yeah. It only takes really just one episode to ruin an original anime, but... It really, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point, great priority. Oh, God. Perfectly fine <laughs> till that last episode. <laughs> but uh, it, it seems like they know what they're doing here. If if they yeah. don't know what they're doing, then they're doing a real good job of pretending they do. <laughs> yep. We, we must remain hopeful. But hey, it, at least it's an experience, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Experience. It's been a lot of fun, though. Can't get it anywhere else. And that's the whole point. <clears throat> well, if uh, you listeners out there have any additional commentary for Fena, you should be sure to use the hashtag Toonami Talkback to send those on Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at com and put something about Fena in the header so we know it's about Fena. And you could talk about any of the episodes that have aired so far. We're we're at the halfway point, so surely you have something to say. <laughs> we wanna we wanna know what you have to say about Finna. And if you have also been enjoying it, or if you have any notes. We'll we'll definitely pass those along to somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do that. We can totally do that. <laughs> And if you haven't heard the other episodes of the Fenacast, I'm not entirely sure how that happened, but you can find them on our usual podcast places and on the iTunes and Google and uh, now Spotify and Amazon. Lots of places to listen. And you can also find all the episodes of this podcast and the Toonami Faithful Podcast on soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. Guess that takes care of all the house cleaning, so to speak. Uh, Amp, tell us where they can find you. You can find me on twitter.com at Amperin Let's Ride. And you can also check out my old Toonami fan-made bumps and stuff that I kind of don't make anymore, but you can still watch them all on YouTube under Alien Renegade Videos. And you can check out all of my music on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and every major streaming services under Amperin. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984, where I post my thoughts and opinions about uh, anime, video games, what have you. And certainly Toonami, because, you know... Tsunami faithful and all that. Uh, so, until next time, thank you for listening, and we're shoving off. Land ho! Sail away on a ball and chain and keep us from the roaring waves. Get her on the boat and book forever, we'll be free. So sail away aboard a rig, the moon is falling slowly. Seven drunken pirates where the seven deadly sins. Yeah! Sonic is a fire satellite and left the sun on real and Johnny's from his tummy on the